Oh, you guys can keep talking. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. You know, I would like to get moving on with the word. <laughs> I'm just messing with you guys. I love it. I love that we have a family that wants to gather and, and talk and celebrate and say hi and shake hands and hug. I mean, that's amazing. That, that's absolutely amazing. So um, trust me, I'd, I'd rather do that the entire day. So we'll throw some food in that and maybe watch some football or something. <laughs> Come on. But man, welcome to Destiny. Good morning. I am DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church. And man, it's exciting seeing everybody this morning. Shout out to my beautiful wife who is watching online. So uh, with some back issues and not doing good. So could not be here. So pray for her. Uh, we are definitely going to do some MRIs and stuff this coming week. But uh, Lord heal her. Uh, we've, we've already prayed over her. So, um, so she's watching online. So you guys better act right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to get text. My phone's going to be lit up here in a second. So, uh, but it's so good. If you're new to the church, do me a favor. Fill out a Connect card. That's, that gives us information about you so we can reach out to you. We can tell you how much we love you. We can pray for you. Uh, we can't do that uh, if you don't fill it out. So take a little bit of time. Fill that thing out. We have them out at Connection Point. Or if you raise your hand, an usher will get you one. Uh, so you can fill that information out. If you want more information about our church, go ahead and download our app. So we have the Tithely uh, Church app, which is out there for Destiny Church, Alabama. Uh, you can download that. It has all kinds of information about the church and what's going on, all our events, everything from services, all the sermons, everything's on there. All you got to do is scan that little barcode thingy up there, QR code. There's no bars on it, so it's a QR code. Uh, but yeah, scan that. It's all over the church. You can find it anywhere and uh, get all kinds of information. Uh, some things that are on there is going to be our, our family group app. So if you go on there, you'll see family groups. You can get on there and find all kinds of uh, uh, groups that are out there for you. There's stuff for hiking and adventure, and there's games, and there's Bible studies, and all kinds of things to do outside of the church. See, we don't have to meet here on Sunday, right, just on Sunday and say hi to people. We can get together throughout the week, and we do that through our family groups. So make sure you check that out. And then we also have a way to connect during our next steps. Uh, our next steps is just a ongoing weekly class at nine o'clock uh, and it always changes the topics change it's really a discipleship type information to get you information you might be asking uh, whether you're new uh, to what we're doing here or whether it's just something you've had questions about so today we had uh, jazzy actually we had to flip-flop some so jazzy led the prayer one to uh, this morning and then next week we'll do the art of worship so come on was prayer good this morning come on i'm telling you it's it's good stuff and it's stuff that I might not be able to talk about every weekend because sometimes the Lord just doesn't want me to talk about that stuff. And, and if you come to church waiting on me to talk about the next thing about sonship, it might not happen. Right. But if you want to know about sonship, you show up on Sundays at nine o'clock on the day that we're teaching sonship and you can get all that information uh, and it'll make everything work great. So uh, we do have a couple of things, uh, events coming up I want to talk about. One is the walkathon uh, that's coming up. It's a, a walk for life event and this is where we're teaming up with the river region pregnancy center so what they do is they provide information and and uh, ultrasounds and all kinds of stuff for um expecting parents that weren't expecting but now they are <laughs> okay so they need help because they have to make up decisions uh they actually say a lot of the people that come in there with they have one thing on their mind and, and that's actually abortion and what they do is they talk to them about that give them an ultrasound and we actually have opportunities to reach people and save a life 
Um, that's not always the case, but it is the case. And it's such a blessing that we get to be part of that. So we're doing the walkathon, and you can join us by scanning that little code. That'll give you some sign-up information. And what you do is you want to join our team, the Destiny team. We're going to walk together, but you get people to sponsor you. So you have friends and family that I don't know, and you can send it to them and say, hey, will you sponsor me? $20. $50, whatever, and then we're going to donate all that to the River Region Pregnancy Center uh, and bless them so that they can keep doing what they're doing. They're moving into a building now that's a nicer building. Uh, that day, we're also going to need help. We're going to be out there that day giving away. We're going to bring our Bread of Life trailer out there, so we're going to have an opportunity to bless people with some pork skins right after walking, which is awesome. I love that. Um, we're going to bless them with some pork skins and some, some water and stuff, and then get the word out about our Bread of Life trailer about how we want to go around and start blessing people with food so if you want to either walk or come out and volunteer for that please let us know we'd love to have you out there um last thing i'll talk about is our block parties uh so as we know we have the um this fall season uh that is coming up and so sunday which is the 31st uh as people are out trick-or-treating uh, we don't usually do a fall festival where we bring everybody into the church and hand out a bunch of candy. What we try to do is go out into the community and we try to give away hot dogs and drinks and candy and invite people to church and talk to them and pray for them. Uh, we give them these little cool come meet the family cards and stuff like that. So it's an opportunity to go out and it's the same thing, but we get to reach them where they're at. Okay, so we're, we have only two spots this year. We're trying to uh, just focus on these two areas and one's going to be over at Michael and Sharon Johnson's house and that's over in the Glen, Glenbrook so over in Glenbrook so we're so we're going to have all the kids we're going to make sure that we're going to focus that one on the children's ministry with Dana and all them and then we have Kevin and Crystal it's actually going to be at Jason and Jennifer Mayer's house over in uh 214 Hedge, Hedge, what is the the name of that Hedgefield is that the name of the the neighborhood that's a new one isn't it Yep, we're going to be over there. He's got yes, 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 everybody's yes. So there you go. So take a picture of that, okay, because this was a last-minute kind of gathering, so there's no big slide. So take a picture of that, and if you want to be there and help out, we, we love to gather like that. We get together as family. We just kind of chill out and hang out and, and talk and then talk to people about church and, and do life together. It's really cool. It's an opportunity to go reach people where they're at and, and bless them. So uh, we look forward to having everybody out there. Everybody good with that? Any more announcements that I missed? Do I need to? Everybody good? <laughs> awesome. Well, then let me pray because I want to get into uh, the word this morning. So, Father, oh, we love you, Lord. And we thank you, Father. I thank you for, man, just, just the breath in our lungs this morning, Father. We thank you, Lord, that we get to do this. We get to worship you, Father. So, Father, this morning I just uh, ask you to bless this word, Father. Let it be all of you. None of me, Lord. Let, let, let whatever it is you want me to speak be spoken, Father. And I ask it land on the ears and hearts of those that need to hear it this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. So come on. Woo, it's been a, uh, it was a busy week last week. Um, real busy week. But, you know, I got to see all my kids, which was absolutely amazing. So I got to see them all at some point throughout the week. And I got to see my grandbaby. So I am fired up. Uh, like... Like, I can't get more filled up with love right now. I just got it all over the place. I can't wait to get my hands on that little thing. <laughs> she is just awesome. But uh, that's enough about that. I just wanted to share that because I'm excited. And, uh, but we have been talking about a, a foundation. We've been talking about identity and, and foundation and, and how, do we, how do we build our life um, 
to, to, to resemble Jesus. And it starts with a strong foundation. It starts with a beloved identity, understanding who you are in Christ. And then we start talking about faith and about believing in his word, believing in what he tells you. It's, it's having that, that complete belief in who he is and what he says he is and what he's going to do. So, so our faith, and that's where we've been kind of tied into uh, for a while. But before I jump into faith today, I want to talk about family because I believe the word he gave me and the scripture he gave me for this week ties into both things, um, family and faith. And, and I want to thank you all for, if you weren't here Monday for Mama Lowe's celebration of life, it was amazing. Like, so hand clap to um, everybody that's watching online, everybody that's helped out with that, everybody that stepped up to be part of that. It was amazing. I mean, this place was jam-packed, and the love in this house was just just overwhelming. And uh, everybody that volunteered, everybody that, that gave their time, we had people in the parking lot, people greeting, people ushering. We had people all over the place serving food, setting up, tearing down, uh, people in production, people worshiping. We just had people everywhere uh, for that, and it was just a reminder to me of, of what true koinonia is. It's the, 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 it's that fellowship. It's that doing life together. It's when people are in need, we do life together. And that's what I love about our family here. And it's such an honor to be part of that. And I'm so thankful that we get to do that. So what was nice about it was that you serving, you serving and doing what you did helped them grieve. And it helped you grieve because it's not a, it's not a, you know, obviously we're celebrating life, but there's also emotions involved and there's loss involved. But guess what? When we can turn the, the, the focus off from us and onto other people, right, it, we get healthier. Like, like, so, so when we served, we, we helped ourselves. Like, like, as we were pouring into other people, it healed your heart and it healed the people around. I mean, I saw people, you know, I was just amazed to hear her kids come up and speak because prior to that, they weren't coming up. They were moved within the service to have the courage to come up and speak words, which is just absolutely amazing. And I saw healing through that. And that's what it's all about. That's why we celebrate lives. That's why it's not a normal funeral. You know, like my uh, sister-in-law, she might be watching online from New Jersey now, but they're, they're Catholic. And she said they just never, they saw that and they said everybody should be like that because all they've ever seen were everybody comes in and they're all wearing black clothes and everybody's crying and weeping because somebody died. When it's a celebration of life because we know where they're at. I mean, so she goes, I wish everybody could be celebrated the way we celebrated. And they watched online and we had a ton of people watching online. So um, the family just absolutely loved it. Um, everybody, we had people in here that had never been in here before and they were just blown away by, by the love of our church. So I thank you all for everything you did because there was healing, there was restoration. Um, all that was here, and, and we had it. And the love that was here, man, that, that is a love that is strengthened by faith because we believe. Uh, we, we believe what he says, uh, and we got to display that. So um, so I absolutely love y'all for that. Uh, and, it, and I'm telling you, there was a... There, everybody goes through a time like that in their life, probably more than once, where you, you need his overwhelming grace to come in and get you through a time. And what makes it easier is when you have family that can come alongside you and help you through those moments. See, that's the powerful movement in that because it wasn't, it wasn't just a person coming in and, and, and God just blessing them and bringing peace to them. It was the family surrounding them and loving on them and, 
and just being part of that. And, and that's all, that's what we do here. So, so we are a big family and that's what that all was this week. So thank you. I'll probably get into more of that here in a second. What I love though is what you'll see is that, uh, that could happen to a lot of people depends on what situation you're in it doesn't have to be loss it could be a marriage issue you could be struggling in your marriage maybe there's something going on there maybe it's with your kids maybe it's finances maybe it's anxiety maybe it's fear maybe it's depression maybe there's something that, that that is tugging at us that is getting us in a position where we just need somebody to come on and love on us and that's what we're here for that's why we call it a family that's why we come together and and love on people the way we're supposed to do it so that's uh, you know, for me, it was it was the the crumbling family. That was the moment that 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 I got overwhelmed by his love when I was losing my family, and I was like, "Wow!" And, and that's what helped me was people coming around us and picking us up and helping us through it and coaching us and and getting us to where we are today. So it, it happens. It doesn't have to be a loss of a family member. It could be a loss of anything, a loss of normalcy in your life that you were used to. So. Uh, what a blessing. But I love it that God's grace is our fuel to empower our hearts to soar. His, his grace empowers us, okay, and empowers our hearts to soar to different levels. It, it empowers us to move in different directions, okay, but it's his grace that does that. So his grace, his kindness, his favor, his power, that's what it is. Uh, and that's what we got to experience. It just energizes us, especially when you're hurting. So I thank you for humbling yourself and serving this past week. Because without you, we couldn't have done it. I mean, you should have seen all the food. We were wrapping up for hours. I mean, it was jam-packed. It was pretty awesome. So I thank you for that. And I'm going to get into Scripture, which is probably going to draw me back into that. So I'll be quiet now, and I'll catch up later. Um, I want to go to our Scripture. So if you have your Bibles today, we're going to be going right out of 1 Peter 5, 5 through 11. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 11. I'm going to read through the scripture first. Then we'll come back and break it down. It'll be on the screen if you need it. It says, In the same way, the younger ones should willingly support the leadership of the elders in every relationship. Each of you must wrap around yourself the apron of a humble servant because God resists you when you are proud but multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. If you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there, for he always tenderly cares for you. Be well balanced and always alert because your enemy, the devil, roams around uh, incens uh, <laughs> incentantly, incessantly, incessantly, I can't even say it now. It's okay. Like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles you endure. And then after your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up. And he has all the power needed to do this forever. Amen. Amen. Um, what a good breakdown for 
what we've been dealing with and everything we've been going through. And as I started thinking about this, uh, and it was weird how he just threw this on me this week. So I said, Lord, we're going to go with it because that's where you want me to go. So I'm going to break it down and it's going to kind of, because uh, it's weird, it almost starts in one direction and goes to the other. And, but that's what was on my heart this week and that's where he took me. So it's good. So I'm going to go back to verse 5. It says, in the same way, the younger ones should willingly support the leadership of, of the elders. So and they're talking about elders in the church at this point. And before this is a whole bunch of stuff about elders and what elders should be. And when you talk about elders, we have, you know, we have elders in our, our church. We have, we have elders that we've declared elders. We have pastors in the church that are elders. So, so elders reflect a lot of those things. And it, it is the younger ones, meaning that these are people that are new to this or just new to the church or coming in to serve in the church. These are believers. So it's us. So they're talking about believers, the younger ones, believers. You need to serve uh, and support the elders. And, and this is the vision that comes down. So, so your willingness to support the vision of, of our family here was huge. Because what you see now is, is people coming alongside, serving under the elders of the church with complete trust and faith in what God wants to do in us and through us. And that's what you saw Monday. That was a vision casted out. That, that we cast out for people to see. And it started when we, we started it, you know, inducing that into our culture. It was, this is what we didn't, we didn't do that all the time. Like, you know, I remember times at Destiny where we didn't even have funerals or weddings at the church. Like, never. The first funeral I did was when we moved into this building and I was all alone and we didn't have a pastor. And they're like, we're doing a funeral. We're like, yay. I was like, I don't know how to do a funeral, but let's do it. And Mama Lo, she created a culture in who we are on how to do things. And we continue to grow in that. We continue to work in that. So what you saw was a vision, okay, that was cast down from the elders. And everybody came alongside and said, let's start supporting the vision, which is what I love about us. That's why we love our church. Jules and I, we absolutely love you guys because nothing compares to the hearts that we saw on Monday. Like nothing. I can't think in ever in my life where I've seen that kind of love for people and it's grown because I used to be able to say that about a couple weeks ago and then a month prior to that I was like I've never seen anything like our church and we keep getting better and better and better and better so I thank you for that I thank you for everything you're doing because you continue to step up and you always go above and beyond so I'm blessed I'm blessed just to be part of this um and like I said, it's from people stepping up to serve and people loving on the family. I've got to watch it from every angle. I got to sit out next to Mama Lo and see people show up at her house. Um, just serving, either bringing food or coming to love on her, all those things. So I got to see that and experience our love at a whole nother level. So I thank you for that. And uh, I thank you for allowing God to use you. Um, but now I want to keep moving in that because it says in every relationship, each of you, must wrap around yourself the apron of humble servant of a humble servant because God resists you when you are proud but multiplies grace and favor when you are humble the key there is in every relationship it doesn't say just the ones you love it doesn't say just the people you hang around it doesn't say just do it at church it says every single relationship in your life you're supposed to wrap around yourself the apron of a humble servant. So think about that. It's your neighbor that you don't like. 
whose grass is always long and you're cutting your grass and you're like, I'm just going to cut your grass. That's being a humble servant. That's coming alongside somebody that needs help that you know and you just start helping them or whatever it is. It's, it, you could be at school um, and somebody needs help at school. So kids, you just step up and start helping them because you're going to be a humble servant. When a teacher wants something, you volunteer to do it and you just do it. It's at your work. So when you're working with people and you know somebody's getting loaded down with work and they can't get to something and you're like, well, I've got a little extra time, I might as well help them out and be a humble servant to help them out. Because everything we display reflects on him. Because I'm pretty sure they already know that you're a Christian. I'm pretty sure they know that you go to church. So everything you do after they identify you with that, after you claim the beloved identity, reflects on him. So we need to humble ourselves. And it's not just school, work. It's at home. How you treat your kids. How you treat your family. How your kids treat your mom and dad. It's being a humble servant in every relationship. It's church. Yeah, that's a big part. What we do here as a family. It's also that. At least it's playing online. I heard it. <laughs> So I guess like any good dad, I wouldn't, you know, I use the sandwich effect. And I say, man, we were so awesome. But it says in every situation, which means we got to get better. Because there's days we walk in and there's nobody in the parking lot. There's nobody making coffee. It's the same single person doing this and doing that because we're not serving. Like we're great on events. We're really good on events. If we say, hey. We got something going on. People show up and they show out. But if I say Sunday's going on and we need some people in the parking lot, that's what you get. <laughs> You're like, ah, that means I got to get up early. I got to be at church early. Oh, I just did that thing on Monday. I just watched everybody come in on Monday and do amazing things. I saw people lining up. I saw people, you know, Scott, I heard you were absolutely amazing in the parking lot. So I, I kind of tuned people into your past, so sorry about that. What I'm saying is that we have gifts and talents in here that we're not using to the full extent because we're saving it for other situations, and it doesn't just apply to that. He says we're supposed to have a servant's heart. So we want to bless people when they come in and when they go out. Okay, so I want that to be on your heart because I know we're all capable of doing more because God doesn't want us to be settled. He doesn't want us to be just sitting there going, yeah, I'm good. It's always more. It's always, he wants to stretch us. So uh, I want you to pray about that, about how you can continue to get involved and not just wait on some kind of situation or event to get plugged in. Because we need that same support. Because scripture says God resists you when you're proud. And you should humble yourself and serve and he will multiply grace and favor on you. So if you're, if you're proud and you're like, well, I just, you know, I do enough. So I'm good. It says that he resists. So the scripture says, so sometimes we got to humble ourselves and say, I can even do that. I remember coming to the church the first time. I didn't know anybody. We started attending this church. Didn't know anybody. I just started serving. That's the first thing I could do to get to know people. And back then it was a, a big, big church. So you didn't really get to know a lot of people. You got to know enough people to fill up your head. 
but there were still a lot of other people. But, but that's how I got plugged in. I didn't walk around and wait to get invited to somebody's house. I started serving. I just said, wherever you need me, I'll do it. And I started doing it. And next thing, that led to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. You know, and not everybody has time for all that, but I just was going to make time. You know why I did it? I did it because I know what God did in my life. I know how he saved my marriage. I know how he saved everything in my life. So I said, you know what? The least I can do is say yes. Right? So, so, so that's where we're coming at with this is, is sometimes if you're new and you just want to meet more people or you've been here for a while and don't know people, I'm going to ask you, what are you doing? Are you plugged in? Are you serving? Are you, are you helping? Are you going to groups? Are you getting connected that way? Because if not, then that's why it's not happening. And, and it's only your fault. Because we make all the opportunities and the rest you have to actually get up and do something. So in verse 6, I'm going to pick it up there and it says, If you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. It says, bow low in his presence. You worship him. Surrender to him. And it says, and he will eventually exalt you. He'll exalt you when you leave it in his hands. We tend to put everything in our own hands. We tend to want to control everything. We think we should be rewarded for our own acts and stuff all the time. And it doesn't even mean church. It's in anything we do. You know, you, you, you go do something for somebody. You're, you're like, okay, well, you don't owe me anything. But in your mind, you're like, but one day I'm going to ask you for something. And you're going to have to say yes because I did something for you. Right? <laughs> so we want to be exalted. We want to be paid. We want, we want something for something. And he's saying, don't do that. Leave it to him. Leave it in his timing. Just keep doing good. Just keep serving. Keep saying yes. Keep moving forward. And don't expect anything. Except for what the Bible says, which eventually, when he's ready, he'll exalt you. It's his timing. When we wait on him. See, exalt means to raise to the, to the highest of heights. So like when we exalt him, we put him as the number one priority in our life and we raise Jesus up, we exalt him. And he says, I want to exalt you, but it'll be in my timing, not yours. So it's hard because sometimes we go, well, I wasn't thanked. I did all that work and nobody thanked me or nobody patted me on the back or nobody said good job. And that's wrong because we should be doing all those things. But if you get frustrated because nobody says anything to you, go back to the scripture eventually <laughs> eventually it will happen he'll exalt you and he'll lift you up you see it in scripture you know because some you know sometimes he's just saying i'll exalt you when you humble yourself he says when you humble yourself then i'll lift you up but you see it in scripture he did that with jesus in philippians 2 6 through 9 philippians 2 6 through 9 it says he existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. So that's how you get exalted by him is 
we humble ourselves and we serve in all relationships and we become vulnerable become we become vulnerable to his grace and then through his obedience through our obedience he will exalt us all right so 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 that's this is big because it we got to allow that to work in our life we have to trust that that's all faith it's faith understanding that as i do something well god eventually will exalt me but it doesn't matter what anybody else says because if i'm doing it for the right reasons i'm not doing it for a pat on the back or somebody to give me a high five i'm doing it because i would just want to do it and i love to do it and god asked me to do it so we need to humble ourselves in first peter five i'm gonna go back to first peter let's go back to first peter five seven because this is where it starts to change and it says pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there for he always tenderly cares for you so as you keep reading this you know that all flows you know they don't have breaks in the bible like we do um, but if you go back to six it says if you bow low in god's awesome presence he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timeliness in, in his hands and pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there for he always tenderly cares for you that's if you keep reading that so part of that exalt being exalted in serving and humbling yourself is to leave all your cares and worries with him see we tend not to do that we tend to take all our worries and keep them we like his presence we we love to worship him we love to 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 read the Bible and feel him speaking to us. And we love it when he wraps his arms around us. But we tend not to want to give him all our stuff. We like to hang on to that because it gives us something to complain about later on in life. But we'll, we'll, we'll come to him and we'll cry and we'll, we'll, we'll reach out and we'll say, take this from me, Lord. I don't want to deal with this anymore. And he'll take it from you. And then by the end of the week, you took it back. That's why the scripture says, give it to me. And it says, leave it. He goes, it says, pour out all your worries and stress upon him. Give it to him and then leave them there. That's for him. You're not supposed to carry those burdens. So every bit of anxiety, worry, fear, depression, give it all to him. You don't have to carry that. He said, that's part of humbling yourself. All this ties together. You leave it there. You should never, ever be able to walk into an encounter with Jesus and walk out the same person carrying the same things. Because if you didn't bring anything coming in, that's awesome, but you should be going out completely filled up in a whole new realm. And if you came in carrying stuff, you're supposed to leave it there and walk out a completely different person. And that's every time you encounter him. Now, does that mean he's not going to keep taking it from you? No, he'll take it from you. But he's like, can I just keep it? Like, just let me keep it. You don't need to have that anymore. You're not meant to carry those things in your life. And why you got to give it to him? Because everything you don't give to him, the enemy will use against you. Because the enemy is out there and he's real and he doesn't have a day off. He doesn't take a moment off. He's just sitting around waiting for whatever you gave Jesus that you took back so he can pick it up and throw it at you. Because that's what he does. He's waiting for us to get complacent. He's waiting for us to say, I'm good here. I'm at a perfect level. And then the enemy starts jumping on board. 
and all those little things pop back up in your mind. I'm not worthy. I'm not capable. You know, I can't do this. All these things that you gave to him that he freed you of, you start taking them back. So when you think about all those things, it just opens the door for the enemy to come in. To pick up all that stuff. The problem is we don't like to give it to Jesus. We like to handle it our own way. At least that's how I used to do it before I knew about Jesus. See, that's the cool part. Before I knew about Jesus, I knew one way to get rid of all that stuff. I just drank. And I didn't know the Bible didn't say I couldn't drink. It said I couldn't get drunk. That's what the Bible said. You shouldn't be a drunkard. I didn't know that because I didn't read the Bible. I didn't know Jesus. But all I knew is that when I dealt with all these things in my life, fear and anxiety and not being good enough and depression, I just said, you know what? I'll have a drink. And it calmed me down. And then that led to another one, which led to another one. And pretty soon it wasn't calming me down enough. So I had to have more and I had to have more. I tried to solve it on my own. I'd find myself just coming home from work and saying, okay, well, I'll start drinking now so that by the time I can go to, I can go to bed, I can just sleep. That was, that was my, my routine. You know, and that's why when I look at, you know, what the Bible says, people come to me all the time and they go, well, well, in your church, do, do you let people drink? I'm like, what, what do you mean? Do I let, I don't, do I let you drive your car? I, like, how do you want me to answer that? I said, I can't tell you what you can and can't do. I can tell you the problems with things. I can tell you that, that if you have an addictive personality like I do, that can lead to big issues. That one drink might not be bad for somebody. But, but the multiple drinks that follow that, they can lead to bad things. But that's what I found myself doing, and I don't know how many other people do that. And sometimes it's not drinking. I'm just using drinking because that was me. Some people, it's, it's any other kind of drug. Some people, it's uh, work, and you just devour work. And you go, you know what, I'm just going to work through it. I'm just going to keep working. Because if I work and work and work and work and work, then it takes my mind off everything else. For some people, it's eating, and you just eat and eat and eat and eat. Some people, it's spending. And if you can just go buy, you know how many times that when I don't feel good, I just like to go buy something. And my wife just prays it's nothing big. Because I've come home with the brand new truck without telling her before. Those are not good conversations. Come home with the boat. <laughs> Wasn't feeling good today, baby. Went and bought a boat. Feel great now. But <laughs> I'm telling you. But, but we all have our own ways of dealing with this stuff. And here it says, give it to him. He goes, if you give it to me, the enemy can't use it against you. When you try to do it on your own, the enemy will use it all against you we got to quit trying to pacify ourselves with everything the world offers and go with the Word. Let's put the Word over the world. Let's put God first in our lives. Let's exalt Him in our lives and let Him take care of everything. Yes. I'm just on a... Just, I don't know where I'm going. So. Poor Holly, she's like, I don't know how you're going to connect all this stuff. <laughs> but I don't either. Let the Lord figure it out. Keep going on uh, verse 8. It says, Be well balanced and always alert because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly, right? I got a hand over here. I got people over here. We're good. 
long as y'all are reading along with me, like a roaring lion looking for its prey. What that means is be sober-minded and vigilant. <laughs> See, so that takes all that out of there, because when I was drinking all the time, I wasn't even sober-minded in that aspect. So I couldn't even be aware of what the enemy was trying to do. But it says be sober-minded and vigilant. What that means is not easily influenced by the world. So that's how we do this. That's how, that's how you allow him to work in your life. And because the enemy's coming. He's a roaring lion. He's out there waiting. And we have to be ready all the time. Our eyes have to be open. But when we get so comfortable in our walk, right, that we get into these routines in our walk, what happens is we... Okay, every day I wake up and I read this little verse and then I'll say this little prayer and then I'll go do this and then I'll go get my coffee and then I'll, and, and it's good. I'm, I'm, habits are great. Like, like please, ha, I'd rather you be doing those things than not. But when that's it and you never raise up off from that and you never increase any of that, what happens is you just go, okay, I think I covered all the spots and now I can walk through my day. And now you close your eyes, you put blinders on and you move throughout the day because you checked off the boxes. And that's when the enemy comes in and says, good, keep doing it. Keep checking off your boxes because I'm, I'm, I'm figuring you out. I know everything you're dealing with. I know everything you're struggling with. And he goes, I'm developing a plan that's going to get you. That's why we have to be ready. We have to be uh, sober-minded and vigilant. So keep a careful watch, always looking. It says that the enemy's sneaking around without interruption. That's what that means. So he never stops. And he's just looking to devour the weak. You know, we share that all the time. That's what a lion does. He devours the weak ones. They don't go into the pack and take out the leader. They wait for the pack to come by, find the one that's struggling, and they attack him. So the enemy's just going to sit around and wait for you to, to be struggling a little bit. And he attacks. And the, it's funny, is the Greek word, it's not even funny, it's just information, but the Greek word for that, <laughs> for enemy, is, it stands for somebody who presses a lawsuit that must be defended. That's where they get accuser from. That's where that comes from, that Greek word. So he will accuse us, and we have to defend ourselves. Well, if you had to go to court right now and defend yourself, against the lawyer and somebody else, against an accuser, you probably wouldn't do so well. But when we include Jesus in what we do, he is probably the best legal representation we could ever have. So he says, don't worry, I got you. Put your cares on me, leave them with me, and I'll take care of him. He goes, but that's all you need to do. He goes, quit trying to defend yourself, quit trying to represent yourself, quit trying to find other ways to take care of it. He goes, I give you all the answers. So verse 9, as we keep reading, says, Take a decisive, uh, yeah, decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kind of troubles you endure. So how do we take a stand? With strong, vigorous faith. That's it. That's why we're teaching on faith for nine weeks so far. Same reason why we taught on identity for, I don't know, <laughs> two years. I'm going to keep growing it. I don't know. 
But either way, we taught on identity because that we've been teaching on faith this long because faith is the tool. He goes, this is what you need. You need to believe, and you need to believe in my word. My faith is what you're going to use. So it's our faith in him is what we're going to use, the vigorous faith. What that means is strong, vigorous faith means healthy, strong faith based on his word. Because we all deal with stuff that in some part include the devil. Sometimes we deal with stuff because we did it. So don't blame everything on him. He's powerful, but he ain't that powerful. Okay, well, sometimes we, we, we trip because we didn't look. And sometimes he'll trip us. It says stand against him and resist him. You need to understand that the sufferings are just an attack from the enemy. And all they try to do is derail us and slow us down from what God wants us to do in our lives. So every attack is to just slow you down. Because he has a plan, he has a purpose for you. right? He, he designed you, he molded you in his hands, and he sent you here with a plan and a purpose to serve him, to do what he asked you to do. And the enemy's job is to stop you. This is an ongoing battle. That's why when we get those little thoughts in our mind, it's so important that we cast all those fears, all that stuff, back to him and leave it there. Remember, the enemy will use all that stuff if you hang on to it to beat us up with. I don't know. I was thinking about this this morning, and he, I, I kept hearing embrace the suck because I'm used to that. You know, in the military, anytime you dealt with something that just was not pleasant, they just said embrace it. It'll soon be over. Well, I kind of think that way, you know, embrace the suck. And I don't mean embrace the suffering, but what I mean is that sometimes we have to endure the suffering. We need to endure the pain. Because we already know that God has his word on it. He's touching it. And it might only be for a small season in light of eternity. So therefore, in the moment that we have to embrace that, it's going to be bad to us. It seems like forever. If you've ever been in a situation where it was that bad and you're suffering or you feel like you're suffering or you're dealing with anything in your life, it could be depression, financial, whatever it is, when you're dealing with it, it's the biggest thing in the world. So anybody comes around you and says, well, it's okay. It's all going to get better. You're like, no, it ain't. Like, you don't know. But he says, no, 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 no. Listen to me. Endure it. Because even in the scope of eternity, we're a little dot. See, he deals with eternity. We deal with life. We, we deal with what we're doing here. So the little pain we deal with for, I don't know, you could say 10 years. I don't know. We're like, that's 10 years. To him, he's like, yeah, but that's like a tick of the clock to him. He's like, just endure, because I'm going to exalt you when you humble yourself. I will exalt you in my time, eventually. He says, I'm going to make it all better. But we got to believe that. we got to walk that out. Because some stuff we go through is there to make us stronger. And we don't like that. We don't like to go through all that stuff to make us stronger. Because we don't see it as making ourselves stronger. See, I, I get going to the gym and tearing a muscle to make it stronger. I understand that. 
I don't get why you have to go through depression and anxiety and fear to become stronger. It doesn't make any sense to me, but he says it does. Because you don't understand. I under, he understands our faith. He loves us. We love him. He goes, make it through this season because I'm going to bring somebody in contact with you that's dealing with the same thing, and you're the only person that can talk to him. He goes, so I need you to get stronger, so trust me, walk through this thing, allow me to grow you, allow me to build you up, allow me to do what only I can do, so that when this person comes in your life, you can now deal with it. And that's what he does. So everything that we go through, he uses it for the good. And we might not like that. We don't like to deal with that, but he says, man, I'm going to use it. Trust me, have faith. telling you because if the enemy can get us to be selfish and self-absorbed if he can get us to wallow in our own grief and all our issues and say hey woe is me it's horrible that's where people start going you know what I can't even go to church now like I don't feel like going to church so the joy you got from serving somebody from blessing somebody from being around family now that's gone too see those are the things he puts in your head I heard people say that, you know, they were serving on Sunday and they're like, I can't believe you let us serve when we haven't been in church for so long. Like, really? Like, I, I, I see people all the time. You know, I talk to my brother all the time. When you come back to church, I don't know if I can come back to church. I've been away too long. Well, that's why you need to come back. <laughs> it's okay. Like, it's going to be okay. You just need to come back. But why don't you come back first, then we'll talk about everything else. as you keep reading through that you know it gets to that end part where it says for you know that you're believing that you're believing brothers and sisters around for you know that you're believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kind of troubles you are see people have a problem with that that's where they start having struggles and go man I can't go to church because I'm struggling they don't realize that believing brothers and sisters all throughout the world are dealing with stuff. It might not just be like your stuff, but my stuff is like somebody else's stuff, and your stuff is like somebody else's stuff. We're all dealing with stuff throughout the world. So don't think that, like, just because you're a believer that everything's perfect. It doesn't work that way. The guy up here preaching isn't any better than you sitting there listening. <laughs> we all have stuff. All right, so he goes... Quit believing the lie that you're not good enough because you think you're struggling with something. He says everybody is struggling with something. Everybody. So you're not different, you're not alone. And the more we come together as a family, the more we come together and do life together, the, 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 the more we do that, the more we get to comfort each other, which is what we did on Monday. No matter what you were dealing with on Monday, guess what? When you came into the presence of people in this building, everything else went away. And you just kind of said, we're going to love on some people. Well, that's what happens. So we deal with stuff. We come together as a family. We love on each other. We take care of each other. God's right in the middle of it, right where we need him to be. And we get better together as we walk this thing out.
verse 10 says, and then after your brief suffering, that's where I get that from, it says brief suffering, the God of all loving grace, who has called you to share his eternal glory in Christ, will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up. So that's where you see that as I started talking about the fact that we get so caught up in what's happening now. He says, man, it's such a brief suffering. He goes, but I'm going to personally and powerfully make you whole. I'm going to make you better. He says, I'm going to personally and powerfully restore you. He says, whatever you're dealing with, if you give it to me and lay it at my feet like I'm asking for and not take it back when you leave, I will personally and powerfully restore you. But not just back to the normal. He says, I'm going to restore you and make you stronger than ever. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't mind going through some stuff if I know he's going to restore me from it and make me stronger than I ever was. Then I don't really want to complain as much because I realize that everything I have to go through, there's a purpose behind it. And I'm going to come out of it the other end stronger than I was when I went in it. And that's what he wants us to believe. You see this even with Peter. So there's a good example in the Bible. Um, and Peter is our example. So you look at Peter, he actually denied Jesus three times. <laughs> three times he denied him. And then what's he do? He makes him the, the one preacher to go out and preach to, to the Jews for the first time about Jesus in Jerusalem. Then he uses them to speak to thousands of people at Pentecost and tell them, it's your fault. He makes them stronger than ever. This is somebody that denied Jesus three times. But he restored him, put him back together, and made him stronger than he was before. It's a perfect example. That story is in Luke 22. 32 through 34 it says but i have prayed for you peter that you would stay faithful to me no matter what comes so he knew it was happening jesus was like ah no matter what comes just be faithful he goes remember this after you've turned turned back to me and have been restored make it your life mission to strengthen the faith of your brothers so he told him to remember that that after you have turned back to me because he was away from him, dealing with issues, struggling. He says, turn back to me and have been restored. So once you've repented and been restored and I've done work in you, he says, make it your life mission to strengthen the faith of your brothers. And then Peter goes on and says, but Lord, Peter replied, I'm I'm ready to stand with you to the very end, even if it means prison or death. And then Jesus looked at him and prophesied, ah, before the rooster crows in the morning, you will deny three times that you, that you even know me. So he's going to restore us. Once, once we go through that process, that, um, that process of restoration, that repentance, that, that, that asking for forgiveness, that allowing him to come in, that leaving everything at his feet and saying, Lord, you take it, I don't want it no more, and leaving it there. He says, I'm going to restore you. And then once I restore you, I want your life mission to be to go strengthen other believers. 
So those of you that are here that you're like, I'm not struggling with anything anymore. Praise the Lord. That's absolutely awesome. That's why we come because we don't want to struggle anymore. But he says, but don't sit around. Your life mission should now be to strengthen those people, right, that are still dealing with stuff. It's not to sit around and say, yay, I made it. It's to say, this is how I made it. This is what he did in my life. And how can I come along beside you and help you? How can I help strengthen you? How can I help guide you through this? How can I walk with you through this? That's our life mission. And in verse 11, it just finishes up with, and he has all the power needed to do this. Forever, amen. (laughs) I just love that statement. If you question what he can do, ever in your life he has all the power needed to do this (laughs) so therefore whatever you're struggling with he has the power he has the ability to make it right he has all we need he has all the power to help us overcome any obstacle in our life that that we're allowing to get in the way because jesus said lay it at my feet surrender to me leave it there trust me have faith our faith in him is our strength our strength comes from him so we must continue to support the elders and those put in any position we need to continue to support them we need to serve why is that important because it is because it humbles us it allows us to to have a way to be humbled and say lord use me i'm not too good for it I'll wake up early and show up early to help you out. And when we do that, by humbly serving, God will multiply grace and favor for each of us. And when we do that, he's going to exalt us. And his time. But he'll exalt us. He'll take care of us. He'll lift us up. And as we pour out our worries on him and leave him at his feet, our faith will keep us alert to all of what the enemy is trying to do in our life. That's why this faith thing is so important. It's an alert system. It's a, it's a strengthening system. It's a power system. It's, it all ties back into faith and believing in him and his word. So our ability to believe in him and his word during our suffering comes through our faith. So allow God to personally and powerfully restore you this morning allow him to do a work inside of you to to let that happen you need to surrender to him no matter what that is quit carrying the load leave it in here this morning leave it in here don't look back don't look back anymore don't carry it back out of here anymore don't walk out of here the same way you came in here with the same concepts and thoughts surrender to him you know, this morning I was worshiping at my house, and um, I know it gets loud for my wife, and I apologize because I can't sing. But I was worshiping to the song that says, You're so good to me. So good to me. And as I kept singing that, it just kept reflecting back on everything He's done in my life and how I just didn't deserve it. I was like, Man, you're so good. And He goes, You think that's good? Just wait. 
Like he goes, keep surrendering to me. Keep saying yes. And you'll be able to look back in another year and say, man, you're so good. I get to look at a grandbaby and go, wow. Like better than that. Like maybe I'll have another one. If you're listening, just. You guys will figure it out. Man, but I think about that all the time. Everything he's gotten me through, everything he's done in my life. And I'm worshiping to that song going, man, you're so good to me. But it started with a choice. It started with me just saying, you know what? I can't do it anymore, and I'm not willing to do it anymore. So I'm just going to surrender it to you. And I'm no longer going to take it back. I'm just going to lay it at your feet and say, it's all yours. And I'm going to depend upon him to come beside me and strengthen me, make me whole, make me better. Amen? Come on, you guys get something out of today. So I'm going to invite our prayer team up um, because I want to pray this morning for everybody that's here, everybody watching online, because I know it's hard sometimes to, to deal with what we deal with in life. It's hard to listen to a word that a pastor is telling you and say, you know what, that's me, but you don't understand what I'm going through. You know, I might not have experienced stuff you're going through, but we have people in this church that I can probably guarantee you that if you came to me with a problem, I could find somebody who's been through what you're going through. Somebody that can walk alongside you. Somebody that can help strengthen you. So I don't want you to ever have to carry that burden thinking that nobody would understand. Because one, there's no judgment in a family. We're just family. (laughs) it we're family and we love each other and we continue to love each other it doesn't matter you know who you are and what you've done you know our family is our family so in this family you're going to be loved you need to trust that if there's anything tangible you can get out of that i hope that's it that you understand that you're loved here and that you can feel his love in this house because that's who we are so I want to pray with you this morning. If that's you, if you're struggling with those things, if you said, you know what, I've, I've tried to do this on my own because I don't know who to talk to and I'm ashamed, even if I'm ashamed to even talk to anybody about it. Man, can I, can I tell you this morning that, that God wants to release you from that. He wants to take that struggle from you. He wants to free you from whatever that is. And he wants to do that through just a conversation got to have a conversation with him but we also have prayer partners that they want to walk you through this they want to pray for you so father you see those hearts and minds this morning those people that that are even watching online that you can call in if you're watching online call in call the church we would love to set up time to talk with you but father just just bring an ease over them bring a peace over them right now lord knowing that 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 lord you'll take care of it that this time of brief suffering is, is going to be brief. But it depends upon them. So, Lord, I ask you to touch their heart and, and, and build a trust in them to say, you know what, i got to trust my family now and I've got to talk to somebody about what I'm going through, what I'm dealing with. So, Lord, I ask you to soothe their heart right now and touch them, Lord. Father, just be with them, comfort them, bring peace to them, restore them, Father. Make them better than they ever were. 
So, Lord, we just surrender that to you. In Jesus' name, amen. For some and some people watching online, it's that first step of just knowing him. Man, it starts with a relationship with him. It's easy to go to him afterwards. The hardest part for some people is just saying, I need to know him in the first you know, the first step is knowing him, is having a relationship with him. Accept him in your heart. Let him move in your heart. Just believe in him. Have faith to believe in what his word says. You know, in Ephesians 2, 8, it says, uh, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. So it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It's a gift of God. Not by works so that nobody can boast. So you can't earn your way. So if you're used to to working your way around something you can't do that with this this is a free gift you just have to believe it's that first step in faith of just saying i trust you lord man i want you to walk with me for the rest of my life i want to spend eternity with you and that's something you can do in your wherever you're sitting at home you can do it while you're in here that's a decision you make in your heart so i pray right now lord as you see the hearts if there's anybody that doesn't know you prick them right now father god i ask that that you hear their prayer, that, Father, that they'll just, they'll just freely just accept you right now, Father, into their hearts. And, Father, just I, I ask you to nudge them, to even come talk to a prayer partner that can pray for them and walk them through the, the next steps on, on, for them to help them grow and help them walk in, in, in what you're asking us to do. So, Father, touch them, Father, right now. Father, we surrender it to you. Have your way in this place. Have your way in our lives. We just love you, Lord. We just love you, and we thank you that, that, once again, that we get to do this, that we get to worship you. Mm. So, Father, we just love you. You're so good. So good to me. and So good to each and every one of us. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen, amen. Come on, I welcome Kevin up. We'll see you guys next week. Amen, amen. Tag, I'm it. Praise God. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, all right. Round two. <laughs> just kidding. All right, you guys go ahead and stand to your feet. Get the blood flowing. Miss Rachel makes me sound really good. Thank you, Miss Rachel. Oh, hallelujah. Now you, no, you keep going. You keep going. <laughs> oh, yeah. They told me I had to at 1230. <laughs> Look, I heard somebody say, nope, they're already headed down, they're headed down. Oh, God is good. Um, you know, it's it's so awesome. Like Pastor DJ was saying, you know, faith, it is, it is faith. Faith is so amazing. Our faith in Jesus Christ is what gives us access to the Father. The Word of God says in the book of Romans that your faith makes you righteous. And that righteousness is what gives you access to the Father. The only reason that you're able to even pray to God, Daddy God, is because of Jesus and your faith in Him. And so He is so good. Uh, this morning, as we get ready to take up offering, uh, this is the time in our service where we worship our God with our giving. I want to thank you for being just amazing givers. Thank you for, being, for having a heart to give, for having a heart to serve. Uh, like Pastor DJ says, you guys don't give to a church, you give through a church. Um, and listen, God is doing amazing things. 
And I just want you guys to buckle up. I want you to get ready because God's going to continue to do amazing things through this church and through you, through you, okay? I'm excited. I just know that God is working. Uh, and like uh, Miss Rachel said this morning, even though, even when you don't see him working, even when you don't see the results right away, even when you don't see, you know, that, that wall crumbling down, he's working. God is working. Get ready because this place is going to explode. Get ready. Start to get, you know, yourself ready. Start to get your spirit ready, your mind ready, because this place is going to get full. All right? I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Listen, I'm just telling you, our family's coming back. I'm declaring it in the name of Jesus. We have a lot of family. You know, they've been in and out and busy, and, you know, the, the cares of this world have been, you know, getting to them. But I'm just letting you know it's going to get full in here. So y'all need to get ready. Y'all need to get ready. We need to be ready to receive what God's about to pour out. Okay, so let's go ahead. Everybody, uh, get your, your offering. If you don't have an offering or you gave online, doesn't matter. Get your hand like this. Raise your hand. Raise your right hand. Make a fist like this. Like I said, whether you have anything or not, doesn't matter. Make a fist like this in faith. Right, we're talking about faith. Go ahead and make a fist in faith this morning. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for your goodness and for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your sacrifice. Uh, Jesus, we thank you. And now, Father, we just ask in the name of Jesus, Father, that you would bless our offering, bless our time. Thank you for uh, getting these people up, God, uh, my family. Thank you for waking up my family today, God, for giving them another day of life, God. Thank you, Father. God, you see the hands in this place. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I bless them. God, I declare that you would give them favor in everything they do this week. God, even the people online that are holding their fists, God, right now in the name of Jesus, God, would you just release favor? Would you release anointing? Would you release your rhema word, God, in the name of Jesus? Bless their mind, their souls, their spirits, God, in the name of Jesus. And God, right now, I declare that their faith is being strengthened, that they are, be they are becoming more aware of your goodness, more aware of your presence, God, in the name of Jesus, Father. I thank you for your people. They love you, God. Look at their hearts, God. They love you. They give so much, God. They give so much, God. I thank you for them. God, would you receive it as a pleasing aroma to you this morning as you sit on the throne, God Almighty, would you receive this offering as a, as a good aroma, God? We give it with all of our hearts, God. We love you. And God, we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. We bless your holy name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Uh, hey, listen, our, uh, our offering, uh, our ushers will be by the door. You can give as you go out. But don't forget that we have prayer partners up here. How we love you guys. We can't wait to see you next week, 10 a.m. God bless you. Celebrate before the Lord, I will. 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 Celebrate before the Lord, I will celebrate. I will.
will celebrate before the Lord. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will celebrate before the Lord. I 